who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rise to the top. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can a wrestling fans fantasy weekend meet the superstars of professional wrestling live the nwa world heavyweight champion sting saturday 12 to 3 living legend bruno Martino, ricky the dragon steamboat big john stud harry folk cactus jack and many more over 50 wrestling memorabilia table be the superstars of professional wrestling saturday and sunday august 25th and 26th royce hotel LaGuardia airport grand central parkway queen doors open 12 noon each day Okay, so welcome to a special episode of the PPW Podcast, an improv episode. And on the line, we have Jeff from the Fully Posable Podcast. What's up, Jeff? What's going on, Steve? How you doing over there? We're doing good. Uh, him and I were, I was just like texting about, we were texting about figures and I was like, what are you doing? And Jeff's <laughs> like, I'm texting you. I'm like, you want to record a podcast? Like, sure, why not? <laughs> well, Scott and I recorded ours earlier this uh, this evening. And I called it a night. I was going to edit, start editing tomorrow. And I was laying in bed texting you and watching How I Met Your Mother on WGN, which is a Chicago station. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you're like, hey, you want a podcast? And I'm like, well, I haven't taken my melatonin yet. So, yeah, I guess I could do this. I like it. I like it. We don't know. We do. We kind of know what we're going to talk about. I think we're going to talk about like wrestling cons and. Uh, conventions in general and just stories we've had over the time mm -hmm. but i'm sure like anything else it'll kind of spiral out of out of order which is fine in casual shows like this uh just in case you guys don't know like the famous stone cold line at the wrestlemania 14 press conference if you don't know you should know <laughs> jeff is the host of the fully posable wrestling figure podcast you can find them at fully posable on twitter and they got a pro wrestling tea store which 20 percent off sale by the way and pro wrestling tea site is crashing left and right so maybe wait a day or two for that for their 20% off sale. What a maneuver store. And they also have a Patreon for their show notes, I believe. 20 bucks for your show notes, is that right? Uh, no, we upped it to 40 the other day. <laughs> we, we, were, we, weren't, we weren't messing with that, man. We, we saw the craziness for the $20, so we were like, we got to up this to 40 I just say that because in my interview I just did, which will be out on by the time this show comes out, that one will come out already. Uh, I talked with Joel from your Vantage Point podcast. And he was talking about his Patreon. He goes, yeah, we have a Patreon, and the highest tier is 5 bucks, and it's more than our show notes. And I just cracked up because, <laughs> I mean, my show notes are like 10 bullet points on my iPhone. So I just think it's funny that <laughs> sometimes that's like a selling point for Patreon. You know, more power to you guys who are doing that, but offer a little bit more for your for your dollar. Yeah, exactly. Like, why does anybody care about my show notes? You know, I, I, I don't I, know. I can't fathom that. Like, all it is is basically me throughout the week typing down everything. And then the day of the show, I'm sending it over to Scott. Like, what is so fascinating about that? That just doesn't compute. <laughs> compute? <laughs> compute. <laughs> I don't know. But don't give away too much because uh, we're do I'm doing a series about 
basically content creators and their their process and stuff. And of course, Jeff and, and hopefully Scott, maybe I'll get Scott on too, will be on there to discuss kind of their background and more of a technical side and more of the background and history of the show. We'll, that'll be a future show. Cool. So keep your eye out for that, uh, along with other people I've talked to. I've got stuff with YouTube people, and I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it'll be fun. And I think other people who have shows will find it interesting as well. I know I like hearing what other people have to say when they tell me how they do, they do their stuff, but... I'm sure you might keep some secrets kayfabe, brother. We'll see how it goes, though. <laughs> that tweet blew up the other day, though. Oh, my God. You're texting me. You like you were like, hey, what are you going to do? I'm like, I have no idea how to respond to all these people. <laughs> you had like 80-something messages, and I'm like, oh, this will be interesting, Steve. <laughs> Uh, I, I felt bad because all the people I tagged in it thinking, I'm like, I'll probably get like 20 people and I'll kind of sift through it. But maybe people are bored. Maybe people are trying to get followers. Who knows? But it'll, it'll be fun. And it's fun to podcast and it's fun to, to crank out stuff like you've been doing. I love your special shows, your, your call-in shows. I loved your uh, format change up last week. I liked it. Although go back, maybe, maybe go back to the regu- regular one. I felt a little little off that I didn't have my regular <laughs> fully posable dose, but it, it was it was okay. Well, I, in fact, I was talking to Scott, and you're speaking about content creation. One thing I've noticed as we've continued along is people like a change-up every nice, once in a while. So when Scott and I do something like that, that's because we've done the same format for so long, and it's like 20 straight, 24 straight weeks of the same format where we go into the news we talk about or we talk mm-hmm. about toy spotting we go into the news we got listener uh, and then we round it out with nostalgia or we do nostalgia and the listener whatever it may be but what i've noticed is a lot of people like that change up every once in a while where it's like oh that's something refreshing so every once in a while we will throw in that change up and just kind of mix things up for for the listeners like i was telling scott um one of my other co-hosts over at luchacentral.com uh we do a show lucha figures and facts eric arana is the lead designer at boss fight studios and eric arana used to also work at hasbro and he's a big gi joe nut and i told scott i was like dude i'm gonna have eric on and you and him are just gonna talk about gi joe and scott's like well that it has nothing to do with wrestling figures so no one's gonna be interested i said yeah but it's a nice little change up and he's like okay I'll talk G.I. Joe's all day. Yeah, and, you, and you're turned to a G.I. Joe podcast. Be careful, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> we, I think we, we've talked about this before, how I am envious of you, but also not envious of you because you have a format and fully posable that you stick to, but you sometimes could be handcuffed to it, whereas us, we can kind of do whatever we want within reason, I guess. Like, I'm not going to talk about, I don't know, I guess we did, did do a home alone review podcast one time so i guess we can do whatever we want but you guys are stick you stick to the wrestling figures which is awesome and it's it's like it's like i'm trying to think like comfort food a little bit like mm-hmm. ah fully posables on i know what they're going to talk about i know scott and jeff are going to make potty humor and i'm going to giggle like it's just it's just <laughs> comfort food <laughs> we've really pigeonholed ourselves haven't we steve Yes, to the Potty Humor Wrestling Figure Podcast. That's your new T-shirt, <laughs> especially with our uh, our sponsor Manscaped. Oh, uh, um, I I was driving the other day. Uh, my daughter and I, and my two daughters and I, actually, were going to like the local like nature center, like to go like check out like the pond and like the walking oh, path. Oh no! And like the Manscaped ad comes on, and like 
Scott said balls like 20 times. My daughter's like, why do you say balls? I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to turn this off for a second. <laughs> and there's nothing dirty. It's just, you know how it is. It's, it's, it's funny. Whatever. Yes, exactly. Like, if, whenever if I was people around, want to use that Manscaped code, though, what is that Manscaped.com code, Jeff, if they want that, to use 20% off? That is WFP20 to get 20% off your order to get that lawnmower 3.0. Man, that's a very close shave, to say the least. <laughs> it's summer, so you need that now. <laughs> oh, yeah. They have a, a deodorant for down there. Yeah, they've got a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. going on over at Manscaped for, for men and women. The women can use the lawnmower 3.0, too. Uh, all right. No, let's not discriminate. I like it. WFP two right, zero. So <laughs> let's let's transfer into something because this will kind of go to my first thing I want to talk about with you about cons and stuff. The first time we met was in New Orleans. Officially, I guess say met was in New Orleans WrestleMania thirty four weekend, and we ran into each other each other at the WrestleCon mm-hmm. and at the hotel there, which was a cluster to say the least. That yes. initial that WrestleCon. Yeah, that and was, the reason I want. Okay want to transition it into the heat is because the air conditioning didn't work (laughs) yes one of the worst cons that i've ever been to really was that one of the worst ones you've been to a lot between the the heat um i remember on sunday wrestlemania day we were waiting for kenny and kota abushi for man I don't even remember. I want to say it was close to two hours. And we had all these mm-hmm. plans like, okay, we've got to meet Kenny Omega. We got to meet Kota Ibushi. And then we got to bounce. And then Kenny and Kota were two hours late. And it was because Kota overslept and Kenny wouldn't show up early without Kota. And it's kind of like, oh my God, this is a disaster. So, Friday between the heat, Saturday with the crowds, and Sunday with Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, it was hands down one of the worst, worst cons I've ever been to. I I always enjoy WrestleCon. I always have a great time at it, but that one was a bear. Yeah, I think the the big thing about it was the setup was like insane. It was one room, like the mm-hmm. entire WrestleCon was one room, big room, mm-hmm. sure. But then the way they set it up was we were packed in like sardines and they had the most popular guys all in one area. So there's Bret Hart. Next mm-hmm. to Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Next to Shawn Michaels is Ric Flair. Next to Bret Hart's Kenny Omega. So it's just like, why didn't you guys like do the four corners or even like, you know, the, you know Bret Hart's going to have a giant line. Put him in right. a separate room in the in the bank, in the hotel. I can, I can understand maybe not knowing if Omega is going to be as big as he was then. I think, didn't you say like Celeste, like, talked to Lanny Poffo and he had no idea who Kenny Omega was. Oh, who did that? Somebody talked to Lanny Poffo and he's like, whose line is this? And somebody said, it's for Kenny Omega. He's all, who? <laughs> he didn't even know who he was. But I can't remember. And then he was it all in. <laughs> he was it all what? in that year too. What the hell? <laughs> That's a good point, man. I, later on that year, he's at all in. That is a great point. Mm-hmm. I, th- I want to say it was Soda Hunter. It might have been Soda Hunter that saw okay that talked to Lanny. It was somebody, yes, but Lanny did make that comment. Yeah, and also the other thing that stunk about that one was the first day was Friday. Like the maybe I think yeah, we had to win Friday. So normally everyone kind of lines up for WrestleCon early to get there, mm-hmm. but everyone was in like a bullpen which was basically the room to get into the banquet room, but there was no line. It was just a mass of people. 
Right. And everyone's just kind of, no one knew what to do. And they're shouting like, if you don't have a ticket, go over here. And if you have a ticket, stay here. And everyone's like, where? What are you talking about? (laughs) It it was just a mess. But at the end of the day, I didn't meet a ton of people that year. Do you remember Mm -hmm. who you met at New Orleans that year? Because I'm sure you guys kind of like pounded through it too. Are you talking about signings wise? Yes, signings wise. uh, I mean, we met everyone at the Fig Life meetup number one. But signings wise Mm -hmm. at WrestleCon, I met uh, Bret Hart. Cactus Jack McFoley, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> uh, Mean Gene. Uh, I met a few indie wrestlers. I met who else did I meet? That was uh, Stone Cold, Ken Shamrock. Uh, I think D'Lo Brown, uh, DDP. Just it, the list goes on and on. Like there was a ton of people there that year. Do you remember who you guys met? So I met Ric Flair, the Young Bucks. Oh man, trying to because it just like flight. Kenny, Gold, you met Kenny and Coda. We met Kenny and Coda, but we didn't get autographs. We got pictures. Uh, okay. Gold, we got Goldberg. And, oh, man, all these signings run together. It's kind of trying to, like, trying to remember the Elite Series <laughs> because yeah. they all blend together. Uh, right off the top of my head, I definitely remember the Young Bucks because we talked to them, and that's where they originally told us that they were coming out with LJN figures. Mm-hmm. And, and they oh, wow, told, that was in 2014 too, right? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. 2018? 2018. Yeah, 2018, I'm sorry. 2018, yeah. Yeah, 2014 was also many of 30. My bad, my bad, yeah. Yeah, so we were talking to them about LJN figures, and they're like, you, can't, guys, you guys can't say anything. And we're like, oh, great. You just told us this big news, and we can't say anything. And then, sure enough, those figures come out and – personal opinion those things are terrible but that's a whole different sure that's a whole different topic but i remember just running around trying to get everybody's autograph got me and gino uh me and gene's autograph i remember that and i think that was about it i remember rick flair signing the four horsemen four pack uh i remember rick flair not paying attention and he, you know, Ric Flair is all over the place, and Fifi like would take the money, and she'd be like, "Okay, you got to sign this." And Ric Flair would, like turn around, he'd smile, get in for the picture, smile, sign the thing, and then he'd be looking all over the place, and she'd have to get like center him, like, "Hey, Rick, you got to sign this." Oh, okay, sign, smile, and then he'd be look off, look off uh, to somewhere else. I had the similar experience with him. Uh, in New York where it was like I was joking I was like he's basically weekend at burning it with Fifi kind of like propping him up <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh, he tried to steal my pink paint pen not intentionally but he was just holding it and I was like can I have that back and like he's just staring into the distance and Fifi goes he wants his pen back he's like oh here you go <laughs> I was like okay I'm hoping paint pens aren't a thing of the past because of the whole pandemic right now I I, I think I, you'll be okay. I have a feeling that a lot of people aren't going to be willing to take our pens now. So that's a real big, mm-hmm. uh, scary thing. For I, me I, cause I, I they... think you're underestimating, underestimating, uh, wrestlers ability to want money. So <laughs> if you are paying them, they will do whatever you have for them. I think we'll be okay. And I also think we have to realize that we're not going to be in the same spot, you know, however many years or months from now that we are today, everything changes daily. So, no true. point in guessing what the future is going to hold. Yeah, very, very true. I mean, the only thing I can think of is take a disinfectant wipe and wipe the pen down before I hand it to him. Or p- wrap the, or the disinfectant wrap 
ugh, the disinfectant <laughs> will wipe around the pen and have them sign that way. I don't know, man. Maybe. But do you think Brian Pillman Jr. is going to care if you give him a paint pen like that guy? Come on. <laughs> Let's be real here. <laughs> hey, what do you got against Brian Pillman? <laughs> uh, nothing. I think he's funny. I just bought the book. He wrote about his dad, Crazy Like a Fox. I'm reading a ton of wrestling books lately, by the, recently, by the way. So I'll have a bunch of reviews to come up for everybody. How's that uh, book? just read oh, I haven't started yet. That's on like the queue. So I bought like eight of them, like to have, like just to have uh-huh. to get through. And I just finished Martha Hart's book, which by the way, Broken Hearts, uh, The Life and Death of Owen Hart. If you thought the Dark Side of the Ring was good, the book detail is insane. Like mm-hmm. it's amazing. And I don't know if you've ever read it, but it's, I highly recommend I people have. listen to it or read it. And it's, it, it definitely comes across how much she loved Owen. Um, it mm-hmm. also comes across how much she hates wrestling and has always hated wrestling, mm-hmm. not just because of the incident. Like she hated it from the moment she found out Owen was a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, so it's a little, it's not like you take what she's saying with a grain of salt, but you hear like Bret Hart talk about how he was like, Owen didn't hate being a wrestler. Like he had fun with us. Like he loved his family, but he loved being with the guys and he loved his craft and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And Martha's point is he hated every second of it. He did it for a job, et cetera. And I'm sure he hated being away from his family. So it's kind of hard to balance what the real thing was. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless, highly recommend anybody picks that book up. Highly recommend it. Yeah. And one thing that kind of bothered me is uh, Brett doesn't get to see his niece and nephew now. Uh, going back to the dark side of the ring. Like, she has no connection to that family anymore. She forgave him, but, you know, they... They don't see each other that much. And the fact that Brett doesn't get to see his niece and nephew grow up, that's got to be heart-wrenching, you know? It's just how close that family was and not being able to see nieces, nephews, grandsons, whatever it may be, that's got to be hard on Brett. At least a, at least yeah. from a person that has two nieces, that's the way I view it, is it would be hard not to see them. Yeah, but what's interesting too is in that book, like Martha, like leans on Brett so much during the whole thing. Like yep. he's pretty much her rock the entire time. So yep. it sucks that they got estranged, and it just sucks. Yeah, all all the way around. But yes, I agree. Uh, I do want to talk about meeting Brett Hart a few times because you've met him. He's your all time favorite, right? Yes, Brett Hart's number is... one besides the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> that is correct. Brett is number one in my book. Um, favorite singles wrestler of all time, Rock and Roll Express favorite tag team of all time. Um, although I do love the Young Bucks, but uh, yes, to say the least, Brett is number one. Uh, I met Brett twice officially, and both times, to me, he was super like engaging and super cool. And I think the thing is, like a lot of these wrestlers, I think you guys on your show last week had someone uh, call in about Sting and like having something to say to him. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, you've got a lot with your big wrestler, like you've got a huge line. You're going to not necessarily chat it up with people, but both times I had specific stories to tell him and he responded to it. And we had a couple minute conversation about it, which was very cool. Do you got any uh, cool hitman story meeting experiences? <laughs> you've been a handful of times. Are you besides uh, my favorite, my fa- my favorite one, which we've told before, we'll save that one for last of. Scott Hall's the shits, basically. <laughs> the gist of that story. But any other good ones you've met of the hitman? Um, I don't know if I ever told you this story. There was one time, 2005, I believe. 2005, 2006. 
there was a signing out here in Newark, California, and Brett always does these signings with a gentleman out here. His name is Kirk White, and he's the promoter for Big Time Wrestling. Well, I would say at least once a year, Kirk always brings Brett out to do a signing because Brett always is a huge draw for him. So one year, he had this thing called uh, Wrestle WrestleFest, and it was over in Newark, and they had all these big wrestlers up against the wall. And when you went down this huge row, you started, when you came around, Rocky Johnson was right there. Next to Rocky Johnson was Rick Martell. This is before they had the Jack's Classic 2-pack, so I didn't have anything for Rick Martell. I mean, I could have had a carded Hasbro, but that was not the case Mm -hmm. back then. Um, Next to... Rick Martell was Rob Van Dam. Scott and I got a picture with him, and I'm holding the ECW world title, which was awesome. Next to Rob Van Dam was Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper was a – he was awesome. And that was one guy when he passed away, it just crushed me because of how personable he was at these signings and how engaging he was with everybody. Uh, When we got to Roddy Piper, Roddy – kind of stood there and he started playing dolls with my niece because as you got down the line it kind of bottlenecked up because people were taking their time with each wrestler that was up against this wall and of course next to Roddy was the Hart Foundation I'll get to that in a second but everybody was stuck at the Hart Foundation table trying to take a picture uh, talk to Brett and Jim everything so as we're standing in front of Roddy Piper's table he starts playing dolls with my niece and he he's just playing dolls and he's just standing there and he's just, that's it. That's all he's doing. He's not engaging Mm -hmm. with Scott and I, he's just standing there playing dolls with my niece and my niece is playing dolls back with Roddy Piper. And it was one of those memorable (laughs) moments that that's how Roddy was. And I'm, you know, at signings you miss him because that's how engaging he was with the fans. So going on, we get down to Brett and Jim. I have the Jack's classic two pack the Hart Foundation when I throw it in front of him Jim signs his Brett signs his and what they do is they would take a Polaroid picture now for you young kids a Polaroid picture (laughs) is where they would snap it and then it would spit out the bottom and then you have to fan it you know fan it like a shake it like a Polaroid right Steve Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so this is one of my favorite parts they put the Polaroid down in front of Jim Jim gets a sharpie and he signs underneath Brett he slides it over to Brett and Brett looks over at Jim and he goes dude what are you doing I don't think he said dude but he's all what are you doing and Jim goes what and he goes you signed underneath me like Brett was like kind of harsh on him about it and Jim goes well just sign underneath me and Brett goes no I don't and like you could tell Brett was annoyed And I'm like, it's okay, Brett. And Brett's just kind of shook his head and he signed underneath Jim and then he slid it to the side. Oh my god. So that's another Brett reminds me of the uh, the Simpsons character Surly. (laughs) He's always just (laughs) upset about something. (laughs) Well, that's why I told Brett. I was like, dude, it's okay. It's okay, man. You no need to get upset. It's all right. At least I got both your autographs on it. And you could tell Brett was kind of annoyed with Jim because Jim was just Mm -hmm. he was just kind of there and he's looking around and you know, he Jim was personable, but he wasn't 
as engaging. Like you could have talked to Brett for maybe about 30 seconds, get a quick little quote from him and then bounce. And then that's the way it was. But you could tell Jim was, excuse me, you could tell Brett was annoyed with Jim after that. So go ahead and I'll tell your story of WrestleCon, New York, New Jersey. This is in Manhattan, actually, mm-hmm. uh, of meeting the hitman and his reaction to an, a custom item you put down in front of him <laughs> and what he said. I'm, this story, I'm, you guys may have heard this before, but if you haven't, it's I was laughing so hard because you told me <laughs> immediately after it happened at WrestleCon. And I'll tell my reaction to it, but tell us what you said first or what happened first. Go ahead. So we're in line for Brett. Now we're on the bottom floor of this Hilton Hotel because that WrestleCon was three stories. So we're in line. We finally get up to Brett. And I have this art print that I had purchased over at StocktonCon maybe about two months prior. And on this art print was the new era. Is that what it was called, Steve? New it was this new era, right? The new generation. New, new generation. generation. Thank you, new era. That's a ball cap. What the hell? <laughs> love anyway. new era. Great, great, great hats. <laughs> great hats. I do love their hats. Anyways, so on this print was a Mount Rushmore, and it's a Mount Rushmore, and it has Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Undertaker, and Razor Ramon. So I get up to Brett, and Brett is the first one to sign this. I hadn't gotten anybody else to sign this yet. So I lay the print down, this Mount Rushmore print down, in front of Brett. Brett takes my blue paint pen, and he goes to sign. And right as he's about to sign, he pulls back, and he looks at the print. And he goes, Razor. Why is Razor on this? And I was like, oh, that's the way the artist wanted to capture the new generation. And Brett goes... I could think of a thousand wrestlers more than Razor. And then he signs it and he pushes it off to the side. The best part was, is people in the Fig Life community know him, but his name is James Frank. He's the lead cameraman for Pro Wrestling Gorilla out here in California. James is videoing this and he looks over at me and he's dying. Like he's laughing, the camera's shaking. And I'm cracking up and I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> just cracking up. But James mm. is absolutely dying at this. I say thanks to Brett. I grab the picture and we walk off. And that's when I immediately look for you because I'm like, I mm-hmm. got to tell Steve this. <laughs> and I find you immediately. <laughs> So you find me, I was in line, I think, for Jesse Ventura or something. Yes. And you're telling me this, and you were like, I'm going to go with Scott Hall to sign this. I'm like, are you going to tell him that Bret Hart's talking shit? You're like, no, no, no. I'm like, oh, come on, please tell him. I, I was but you not, chickened out, you didn't tell him. I was not getting involved with that, dude. <laughs> yeah, Scott Hall comes hobbling down. <laughs> old, old man fight, cripple fight. <laughs> That's also something from The Simpsons, I think. <laughs> That's South Park, South Park. Oh, South Park, thank Cripple. you. <laughs> uh, but what's funny about that is it, it's easy, because I'm sure you've seen it too and other people have it signed. It's easy for these guys when they're at these signings, especially the popular guys with literal lines you know, throughout the day mm-hmm. of just to be looking down, sign. And like I've seen like pretty like unique items before that guys just kind of no-sell. Like for example, uh, last year at that same WrestleCon, I was meeting Shawn Michaels and by the way, huge shout out to Chad at the Horror Movie Barbecue for letting me cut in line. 
him and I kind of teamed up because Brett and Sean were next to each other uh-huh. and we were both in line at the same time. I go, hey, can we like switch spots in line, you know, so we don't have to wait in line? He's like, oh yeah, no problem. And Chad was dressed as Marty Jannetty, by the way, which is even more hilarious because Chad's like 6'5", <laughs> got this Marty Jannetty wig on, Zumbas, it was great. Anyway, uh, KP from KP in DC, uh, YouTube, check him out. He had a very cool item I thought Sean would kind of pop for. It was a original... Uh, catalog for the Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy. So if you were interested in joining, you would write them and they would send you back this catalog, basically. Mm -hmm. And Shawn Michaels' mom was actually the one that sent these out. So he was like, I bet he's going to get a kick out of it. And I put it down in front of Shawn, just signed it and pushed it back. Didn't even like second glance. I'm like, huh, that's kind of like a bummer that like he didn't like sell this at all. For Brett to like stop and look at it, like, wait a minute. (laughs) <laughs> what is this? Because like, because what did we say? Like, Brett can't help himself from saying something, and that's why he stopped podcasting because he knew he couldn't help himself. <laughs> and it's the same thing with me when I met him that year too. I had him sign my Smack and Whack him tape, and I was talking to him. I said, you know, oh, this is a, this is a cool tape for me because it was the first time I got to see you win the WWF title. Mm-hmm. And he looks at it, he goes, this is the one with Flair, right? I go, yeah. He, I'm like, he goes, you know, a lot of not a lot of people talk about that match. I go, you know, I rewatched it recently. It was pretty good. He looked at me, shook his head. He goes, Flair didn't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> Signs and hands it back to me. <laughs> See, that's the thing so, is you can get those little gems out of Brett and you're just like, oh, yes, I can't wait to tell this on a podcast or something. <laughs> yeah. So Brett is worth meeting if you've got a story and – the first time I met him, and I've told this before, but it's one of my favorite stories. So I, I don't mind telling it again. And it's, so when I met him in New Orleans and I went up to him and like, I said, you know, Brett, I, I said, you know, back when Hogan left the WWF, WWF in 92, I remember being upset. But then I thought right away, I was like, wait a minute, I still have Bret Hart. And I said, I just want you to know like how important you were for me as a kid growing up in middle school to have like Bret Hart to watch every week. And I go, you know, you were so awesome to look up to. And he looked at me, he goes, I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you so much. And like, we talked a little bit about some of his matches with Piper at WrestleMania eight and stuff. So that was cool just to have a little moment with him, mm-hmm. but he he wasn't taken aback, but he stopped, he stopped like mid signing what he was going to sign for me looked up in the eye and said, I really appreciate you saying that. So his legacy is super important to him. So if you guys have something about his legacy to say to him, I think he'll reciprocate pretty well. Yeah, definitely. I, I've met him a gazillion times and that's probably the best way to get him to interact with you and not just walk up to him and go, hey, do you remember this match? You know, because he's here. Mm, yeah. Here's you remember that, that? Well, you know what is funny is now that we're talking about cons and uh, wrestle reunions and all this stuff. One of the most embarrassing things for me and to, I'm an outsider looking in. There are people, and I don't know if you've seen this, there are people running around with video cameras and microphones, and when they get up to the wrestler, they just shove the microphone and camera right in front of their face. It's like they've paid their yeah. 60 bucks. They deserve an interview, and it's so cringeworthy, and oh, man, I, don't mean to ch- I don't mean to chastise anybody for doing that. If you guys want to do that, that that's fine. I do. No, 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 I do. I'm going to chastise. I, I'm, we're the PPW <laughs> podcast. We're supposed to be positive. That's incredibly lame, and- Keep it going is. with what you were saying. I'm sorry to cut you off. Have here, you but. ever have you ever seen it done? No. So here's the deal. So one of my favorite podcasts, I mention all the time, the Laps Fan. Mm-hmm. I ran into their host, um, one of the co-hosts, Jack, at WrestleCon in New York. We were in line to meet Jesse Ventura, and he goes, "Do you think he goes? Do you think he would like cut like a promo for me or whatever?" 
if I paid? And I said, well, maybe if you just go ask his handler, because he was going to ask him to say, like, I've been to the Rolling Stones, I've been to whatever, right? But now I have the lapsed man. So he went up to the, the handler, said, hey, if I pay for the autograph, instead of the autograph, could I have him record something? And the guy said, no, no audio stuff. He was, okay, fine. And he came back and he talked to me about it. I go, is that normally what you do with these things? He goes, yeah. He's like, you ask. He's like, if you pay them for their time, if they're cool, they just ask and pay. He goes, I, he's like, I would never shove a microphone in someone's face without them knowing. So oh. like to me, that was like, oh, that's cool. That's professional. Like if you're going to pay for their time and they agree to it, then cool. Mm-hmm. But that just puts the wrestler in a shitty situation too. You right. Know? Right. Well, like you said, like a jerk. Well, like you said, a lot of these wrestlers, well, they'll do anything for thirty bucks. They'll be like, "Yeah, I'll cut a a ten second promo and then scram." Cool. So they got thirty bucks out of it. And then there's some wrestlers like uh, I loved uh, Ryan Miller. I think we were I'm Ronnie Govern guy, our buddy. He uh, (laughs) when he met Greg Valentine, he goes, "Greg Valentine was eating Cheetos. Didn't even stop eating the Cheetos when he signed my autograph." I'm like, "Oh, what a jerk." Oh, that's so disgusting. Um, you know what? I got to say, we were talking about Razor. Razor is a cool person to meet. We when we met him at StarCast last year in Chicago, mm-hmm. he, uh, so kind of rewind a little bit. I get these card cases, and what I do is I take these baseball card cases, and I have the wrestler sign them, and then I put a Hasbro inside, and then I display them that way. So... It's a cool way to display your Hasbro's because you got the figure inside and you have an autograph on this card case. And when I say card case, baseball card case, like 250 cards, you just put, close it and boom. Well, went up to Razor at StarCast 2 last year and I put the uh, card case down in front of him and you could tell that Razor and the guy taking the money were a little confused by it. So Razor takes it and he takes my yellow paint pen and he signs Scott Hall on it. And so you could tell the handler was kind of like trying to piece this one together. And he goes, um, card case. You don't see many of those at this signing, this type of signings. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, what I do is I put the Hasbro inside and then I display it with the autograph and the figure inside. And Razor looked at me and he goes, oh, well, if I would have known that this was for... Uh, displaying a Hasbro I would have signed Razor Ramon because I never had a Scott Hall Hasbro and I said oh it's okay man and he goes well let me do this and he flips it over and he signs the other side so I have on one side Scott Hall and then I have on the other side Razor so if I ever got a Scott Hall custom Hasbro I could just easily pop it in this card case and flip it around (laughs) yeah he is he is a cool guy and I met him before at actually he was at a screening of the resurrection of Jake the snake movie before that was out like on VOD. Mm-hmm. It was at theaters and he was there. It was supposed to be him and DDP, but DDP got like bronchitis or something. But so he came and did a Q and a did a meet and greet before and after was like pointing out everybody's cool, like outsiders merch they had and stuff like that. <laughs> Another cool thing was uh, one of my buddies, Troy, he uh, works with a handful of independent wrestlers down in Texas, Oklahoma area. He said, yeah, one time Scott Hall came in and the guy was like, hey, will you pick him up and be his driver? He's like, yeah, sure. Awesome. I'd love that. And then at the show, uh, Scott Hall's doing autographs. And like he had a stack his eight by tens he him and his handler brought with. And Scott Hall was talking to the to my buddy. He goes, uh, they already paid me. He's like, so what should I charge for this stuff? 
he's like, you're asking me what you should charge for your autograph? And he was just like, yeah. He's like, he's like, I got my money. He's like, they, they paid me a flat fee to come here. And he was like, he's like, well, honestly, he's like, if you want to sign for free and like charge like 20 for your eight by 10, because that's what you brought. He's like, I would do that. He's like, yeah, that sounds fair. So that's really cool. He could have charged extra if he wanted to, but he's like, screw it. I got paid. Like why push it? You know? Uh, So he charged 20 bucks on top of his, his, uh, his price that he got. No, so what he did was, if you had an item, like you brought it, he just signed it. But if you had nothing and wanted an eight by ten, like one of his that oh, Scott oh, Hall brought, okay, he, he's I like, see. okay, twenty bucks or whatever, you know. So that, that was really cool. That's awesome, man. So he basically, yeah. So people got, you know, if they bought their ticket to the indie show and they got to meet Scott Hall for free, which he's like, you know, there's what like four hundred people there, like it's not a ton of people. If Correct. everyone even wants it signed, so that's very cool. Oh, that's awesome, man. That is great. Uh, what about Kevin Nash? Speaking of Hall and I, ever meet Kevin Nash? I have. Um, the first time I met Nash, it wasn't great. So he was at, and I'll go back to this big time wrestling show. He was at one of those big time wrestling conventions, wrestle convention, whatever it was. And I had his Jack's Deluxe Classic where he's in the red and he comes with the world title. And uh, I went up to Kevin Nash to get a sign. And he signed his name like very thin and very small over this large figure because Jack's always oversized their figures, which is fine. But he signed so small and he just kind of looked up at me and he, I go, thanks. And he goes, no problem. And that was it. It was just so mm-hmm. impersonable. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of had a sour taste in my mouth. And then it wasn't until WrestleMania 32 in Dallas that it went away because Nash was so cool. He was just walking up and down the line because the line was long and there were people backed up for some reason for another table. It was just a little congested in that little area, but he was cool. He was going up and down the line, just talking to people. And he came over to Celeste and I, he was talking to us and he's just BSing with us. And he goes, what do you got to sign? And I was like, Oh, I've got this two pack of you and Scott Hall. It's a battle pack. And he goes, Oh, he goes, did you already pay? And I was like, yeah, I've already paid. He goes, oh, okay, cool. And he signs, and he goes back over to his table, and he goes, hey, this pen is cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, these paint pens, are they work great, and they look great on these figures. And he goes, anybody got any more of these paint pens? And I was like, well, I have a few. And he goes, can I get them? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I gave him, like, a few paint pens. And he's like, <laughs> sweet, I'll sign with these things. <laughs> That, you introduce him to paint pens. Awesome. Good job. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> I wear the cape. No, the paint pen cape. When uh, <laughs> my buddy met him in New Orleans, him he wanted to get an autograph for his brother. So my buddy's Tony. His brother's name is Zach. And he goes up to him and he's to get just, just an 8x10 for his brother. And he goes, hey, could you sign this 8x10? Nash like, sure. He's like, who am I making this out to? And he goes, oh, to Zach. And he goes, nice to meet you, Zach. And my friend goes, oh, actually, my name's Tony. This is my brother, Zach. You know, he's a big fan of you growing up. And Nash goes to my friend Tony. He goes, what do you think I sucked? And he goes, no, actually, like when we would wrestle, I would pretend to be Razor Ramon. He'd pretend to be Nash or you pretend to be Diesel. So Nash <laughs> looked at him like he had like, that's weird. Like, like in this like thing. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? That's weird. Screw you. You're a wrestler. Screw you. Nothing I do is weird. <laughs> you wrestle in tights. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, and you, you were a, your character was a truck for a long time, Diesel, <laughs> with your hockey hair mullet. Oh, God. I'm watching a ton of WCW right now, and I just got through the Vinny Vegas years. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. 
oh that haircut <sighs> i love that i love that you're watching bad wcw and i i mentioned that i forgot who i was talking to but my favorite year of wcw is when eric bischoff is working there but he's not in charge yet so from like 91 to like uh, 93 94 like I, I don't know why yeah it's great well that was the bill watts years wasn't it yeah, it must have been, yeah. Yeah, that was the Bill Watts. Uh, well, Jim Hurd was also in late 90, late 90? Mid- he was whatever year that Ric Flair left, so 91, 91. Yeah, so that was the Hurd and Watts era. Man, uh, I. anyways, this era is not great because I'm over in 93 and I just watched Fall Brawl today. Oh, my God, I'm watching mm-hmm. so much bad wrestling. <laughs> I love it. I'm watching uh, 99 Raw. I'm rewatching Raw from the day after WrestleMania mm-hmm. up until the next WrestleMania. So mm-hmm. that that higher power storyline with like in like the Undertaker corporate ministry, way better than I remembered. FYI for everybody, like all the stuff they did and like the mystery surrounding it, and it was just awesome. Highly highly recommend a rewatch for people looking for something to check out. It what's so crazy is. Austin and The Rock almost took a back seat to that storyline. It's crazy. Like the main focus of the show is the corporate ministry. It's nuts. Interesting. I got to go so back and watch that. It, it, it was so chaotic back then. Like it all blends together. Mm-hmm. It does. And uh, one of my friends is rewatching 97 and he's up to SummerSlam 97. He goes, he goes, this is just like, you can tell they're about to kick it in a gear. Like, and they're about to take over the wrestling world in 97. Mm-hmm. WWF that is. Mm-hmm. You could tell that Austin, that Austin train was coming pretty quick. Did you what? What? Go, let's go back to Starcast. Uh, so Starcast, people who don't know, is a little bit different than WrestleCon in the sense that there's like a main, there's like a banquet room which will have kind of your vendors and your lower tier wrestler guys, and then the main wrestlers are all in separate rooms. I don't know which one I prefer more. I kind of think I prefer the chaos of WrestleCon a little bit. What do you prefer, Starcast format or WrestleCon format? Um, I like having the wrestlers out in the open. I, I, yeah. kind, I kind of dig that. It was kind of weird because I didn't know Scott Hall. Let's go back to the Scott Hall story. I didn't know Scott Hall was in this room until somebody opened up the mm-hmm. door and walked out with a Scott Hall figure. I don't remember which one it was. I want to say it was the ringside exclusive autographed by Scott Hall. I was all, oh, crap. That's where Scott Hall is. Like, there was no signs saying, hey, Scott Hall inside here. You know, I, there was nothing there. I like kind of having the wrestlers out in the open so that way I can go, okay, I have a figure for Flair. I have a figure for Brett. So I'm going to go hit Flair's table right there and then head over to Brett's and then head back over and get, um, uh, say Arn Anderson whoever or yeah so I kind of like yeah, having them out in the, uh, yeah I, I like having them out in the open so I can see them and kind of plan out my strategy of or my layout of where where I'm going to go it is it is fun like the only thing cool about StarCast is it's a little bit intimate in the sense that it's, it's a hotel at least the first StarCast like wrestlers were literally just hanging out in the lobby walking around going to the hotel bar stuff like that whereas WrestleCon and other cons are pretty much at convention halls or convention centers sometime. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 interesting um, the differences between the two. Conrad, who's run StarCast, forces you to buy a combo photo and autograph, which I don't like, Right. Um, especially for the bigger tier guys. Mm-hmm. Although I do like having photos now that I'm getting uh, 
now that my autographs are kind of like stacking up, I can almost have almost everyone I want. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, all right, yeah, I'll grab a photo now. So it's cool to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like when they throw uh, the 50% off deal. Or oh, yeah. you can kind of hate it because when you jumped on to get it, you ended up getting at full price. And they're like, okay, it's half half off. Everybody go, yeah. crap, you son of a... <laughs> Well, well, that just tells you like how you can tell that the majority of these wrestlers probably get a flat fee for showing up, right? And some places you can tell, like Ric Flair, for example, like Fifi's taking the cash as <laughs> you're going up there, so he's getting all that money, right? Right. That's and then, and then someone like Bret Hart, he normally has a promotion or it's RF Video or whoever pays him X amount of dollars to come in. And they collect the autograph money to make their money off the signing. Mm-hmm. And in New York, I think I told you this story. I don't know if you know this, where the line wasn't moving for Brett. And all of a sudden we realized, oh, what the promoter was doing was all the cash people were just getting filtered through. Mm-hmm. And all the pre-orders, they just made a stand there because they already had our money. Correct. So some kid in front of me, goes up to like the front of the line, starts screaming, like talking to the promoter, like, hey, what's happening? And he realizes what's happening. And he starts yelling, yo, Brett, these guys are scumbags. They're screwing over your fans. And like him and like the promoter were like about to go at him and this this fan, this promoter. And finally someone from WrestleCon came and like basically took over the line. And like it was like five pre-orders than one cash. Like it moves so much faster, which makes you like, it's kind of crappy to do that, you know, Mm -hmm. but you know, whatever it's, it's wrestling and it's all about money and stuff like we know, but it, that was just a funny thing to see like wrestling people try to get into a fight over beating an autograph and you don't want to be like a jerk about it, but at the same point, like fair is fair, you know, it's, it's crappy to do stuff like that. So are you, t- uh, you said the promoter that was handling Brett? Yeah. The promoter was like taking just all the cash orders, like all the people paying cash of got to basically cut all of us in the pre-order line. I think that was Kirk White, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it could be, if I'm not mistaken, because Kirk was over. Some- I don't know. It depends on it. De- it depends on who the because he Brett was there a couple different times. Like it was weird because for Friday I think he was there for like RF Video, and the second day he was there from like Ultimate Stars promotion. So it was like two different promoters. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So I don't remember who it was. Either way, was not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> If you want, if you want a good story, uh, I was going back to. I'll go back to New Orleans in 2018. So as we were waiting for Kenny and Coda on Sunday, we got hungry because, as I said, it was two hours waiting for Kenny and Coda. So we got hungry, my girlfriend and I, Celeste, and I got hungry, and I said, "Okay, I'll go to the cafeteria and I'll get you like a sandwich and a, a coke to get your blood sugar up or whatever." So, anyways. I go, I get the sandwich, I come back, and I see Nikolai Volkov and Corporal Kirshner sitting there. And rewind back to 1986, I believe. The very first match I ever saw as a kid, live, in front of me at the Oakland Coliseum, was Nikolai Volkov versus Corporal Kirshner. So I go up to them, and I said, this is cool. I said, this is the very first match I ever saw was you two faced each other at the Oakland Coliseum back in 1986. Nikolai and Kerpel just looked at me and didn't say a word. They're like, oh, okay. 
and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go f myself. <laughs> he's, like, where, he's like, where's my autograph ticket? Like, did you pay to meet us? Then screw you. Yeah, where's my twenty bucks, kid? <laughs> Which, you know, in fairness, uh, at one of the wrestle cons I was at, Jake the Snake was leaving after the con was over, and people were like sticking their like things in front of him to get signed. I'm like, dude, you, he's been there for like eight hours upstairs. You could have met him anytime. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be a jerk and try to get a freebie. At the same mm-hmm. point, too, you know. So I get it. I get it. Uh, besides the Brett uh, Mount Rushmore piece, has there ever been any stuff you've put in front of a wrestler where they were kind of like, oh, this is kind of cool or like taken back by it at all? The card cases. Yeah. The, the that card, still gets a pop? It still does. People don't understand them when you put them in front because it's kind of like it's something. It's not a figure. It's not an 8 by 10 It's not a poster. It's something new. It's they're kind of thrown back. They're like, what is this? And I'll give you another example. Ted DiBiase over at Starcast in Las Vegas for double or nothing last year. Celeste went in a day early. I had to stay back for my niece's graduation. And then I was in a fly in for double or nothing. Well, Celeste went to Starcast because she was going to get some autographs. She was going to get Travis Fowler, King Haku on the Jack's classic. She was going to get the Rock and Roll Express re-signed for me in a blue paint pen, which came out great. But Ted DiBiase was the next one. And she, she goes up to Ted, and she puts down the card case. And Ted goes, uh... And he's looking at this five-foot-nothing blonde-haired girl putting down a card case in front of him. And he's kind of like, okay, don't really know what this is is this for. a mistake yeah yeah and she goes oh my boyfriend puts in your hasbro figure and he puts it inside the there and then displays the autograph in the figure ted goes okay okay you got my money so i'm gonna just go ahead and sign this and then he got a picture with her <laughs> so <laughs> the card funny. cases it's- the card cases are definitely one of those that a lot of people are taken back by just don't understand it don't they're very baffled by it but funny thing was is one of our listeners went to a signing with Ted DiBiase and he put down another card case and Ted goes man I'm starting to see these things pop up more and more and he signed the card case and he pushed it over to the gentleman that was getting the autograph and so the dude messaged me he goes dude Ted is starting to see these more and more I'm like cool I'm glad they're catching on they are cool and I I'm tempted to start doing it like with some of the guys I have you know like if Barry Darso's doing a signing, guess what? You're signing this card case for the repo man to go into. Sorry, buddy. You know, so that, that or like Tatanka or you know IRS or something like that. I could see mm-hmm. like maybe like your your B guys. I would like to have like a a gimmick stack of like gimmick Hasbro. I think that'd be cool. Like the Warlord stuff like that. That'd be fun. You're not gonna go up to uh, Barry Darso and have him sign a golf club or a golf ball. I am not. Just like I'm not gonna have Sid sign a softball. <laughs> Or maybe I should. Yeah, I think you should. Maybe I should. <laughs> yeah, my uh, the tapes I've brought up, like I get like a pretty good, like not like a nostalgic pop from the guys. Like Hacksaw, like took it, and he Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who's mm-hmm. awesome to meet. By the way, you've met him too. He's just awesome. Awesome. He he looked. He's like he's like, oh man, this was the golden age of wrestling. He's like, and he's wearing the King Duggan cape and. He tells the same story he always tells about how Bobby Heenan said he needed to get a bald eagle on his head because, as Eric and I talk about in our show a lot, like wrestlers have like six stories and they tell them over and over again, and that's fine. But yeah. that's the same story. And 
when I met Jimmy Hart at StarCast, I had him sign the Hart Foundation Coliseum video thing. And he looked at it, he goes, he's like, oh, baby, this is so cool to see. He goes, <laughs> you know, during those segments, he goes, they were all improv. He's like, we had no script. He was like, they just filmed it and we went with it and they used it. So you get little tidbits like that, which was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Mick, I had Mick Foley sign my King of the Ring VHS 98 with a Hell in the Cell one. And I don't know if you know the familiar with that case, but Sable's pretty prominently Prom- featured on the cover. And he, yep. and he was just like, he kind of like glanced at it for a second and he realized, oh, never mind. I know what this is. I think he thought like I was having to sign a Sable something, but he, <laughs> he picked it up pretty quick. And when I met Eric Bischoff at StarCast, I'm thinking, I'm like, what am I going to have him sign? And Eric, my co-host, definitely, you know, uh, outswung my coverage with his cool item, which I'll get to in a second. But I was going to originally try to find an NWO uh, Mattel belt, but I couldn't find one. And then I ended up having signed like a Best of Halloween Havoc VHS because mm-hmm. I've heard him say that Halloween Havoc was his favorite pay-per-view and he figured it to be WCW's like version of WrestleMania almost. But Eric had him sign a karate boot similar to the one he used in his Starcade 97 match against Larry Zabisco, where the metal plate went flying out of it. And <laughs> Bischoff saw it and was like, oh, my God, what is this? And then my buddy's like, well, I wanted to bring a metal plate. And Eric goes, yeah, well, that one flew out when I tried to kick him, so that you're not going to get that one. <laughs> and he signed Eric Bischoff, Starcade 87. Spelled Starcade wrong, but that's okay. Bischoff de- definitely was drunk when we met him, but that's cool. He was in a good mood anyway. <laughs> so what did Eric get signed? Oh, so He got the boot. That, he got the that boot. was his. The boot. Yes, he got the boot sign, the, the karate boot sign, and it turned it came it turned out well, and he's got it displayed proudly. That's awesome, uh, man. That's great. <laughs> I love hearing the, the random un- random signings. It's just it's so great when you can get them to kind of pop for what you're getting signed. Like you, they'll see mm-hmm. figures all day long, but if you can just bring in that one obscure object, that that they'll just kind of like, oh they'll pop for it. their eyes just get wide and they're like, Oh, awesome. And then they'll talk to you a little bit about it. That's awesome. Yeah. And the, the Hogan signing that got canceled in Tampa over mania weekend, the beach shop was cool enough to like basically tell me like, look, we'll give you your money back if you want. Or if you want to pick a couple things off the website, you can do that. So I did. And the coolest thing they sent me was the ring bell signed by Hulk Hogan. He sent it Hulk Hogan running wild brother, and my favorite is Hogan signed on my two items. He wrote Hall of Fame 05 slash zero question slash question mark or 20 question mark because he doesn't know when he's going to go in for this two-time Hall of Fame, but he'll be a two-time <laughs> Hall of Famer. So that's kind of a unique item I have now for like a 20 question mark for who knows when he'll actually be a two-time Hall of Famer. So that's kind of a cool little second item to have. That is cool, man. That is really cool. I love hearing, I, I love hearing stuff like that. It's unique and, you, and we're not... Both of both of us aren't saying like only get unique stuff signed because I have figures. I have, I'm looking at stuff I have now. I have like the Bucks, Kenny and Cody Funko Pop signs, and mm-hmm. a Ric Flair defining moments, and Jerry Lawler two pack, and all that stuff. Uh, one thing I, which is a little little unique is I have a custom one two three kid Hasbro card back, and with a bubble in it, and the bubble is big enough to hold a bendum. So. Uh, X-Pac, 123K, was at a local baseball stadium by me, like a minor league stadium doing a signing. And I showed it to him, and like he looked at it, he goes, what is this? And I go, oh, like it's custom. He goes, oh, my God, I thought this was like some unreleased thing. He goes, no, no. I'm like, no, no, it's custom. And, I, and this was before the Toys of the Betas came out. 
And I was asking him, I'm like, did they talk to you about that? He goes, yeah. He goes, they asked me about the Hasbros. And he goes, and they called me and they asked me like, yeah, could you, could you bring like some of your, your one, two, three kid figures? And he goes, I don't know why you guys think I have those because if I did, <laughs> I definitely would have sold them because they're worth a ton of money right now. Because <laughs> I don't know why you think I have those. So it kind of popped him too. So it's pretty cool. One of my other favorite, uh, one of my other favorite signings was we were at Access up in Seattle for WrestleMania 19, and we were kind of wandering around Access. And one person that didn't have a line was Earl Hebner his twin Dave and mm-hmm. his son Brian they were just sitting there so we had gotten almost everything that we were going to get signed so I'm walking through and I was like what could I get the Hebners to sign and I had Jerry Lawler's book with me so in there there's a picture of Bret Hart so I go up to Earl and I said Earl can you sign on Bret Hart and Earl looks at me and he goes, whatever. And he signed, quote unquote, he said, quote, job done, Earl Hebner. (laughs) I was like, beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Brett's my favorite of all time, but that is beautiful. Well done. (laughs) Let's switch over to access a little bit. So was 19 your first access you went to? No, uh, WrestleMania 2000 was. That was uh, uh, down in Anaheim. And that was one mm-hmm. of the... No, they. I think they did one for WrestleMania 10, if I'm not mistaken, because I remember some Hasbros being displayed. and I They wanted, did, yes, they did. It was FanFest is what it was called. FanFest, yeah. So they did a FanFest in Anaheim. And what was memorable about that was that was the very first time we ever saw the Jacks hardy boys figures because they had jacks had a display booth around there kind of like what mattel does just not as elaborate right now yeah so let me cut you off real quick so a co- there was a show so rest you were there obviously but there was a pay-per-view option on that day called wrestlemania all day yep where they showed re- for an extra like 20 bucks or whatever you got to watch wrestlemania all day from old wrestlemania clips and old matches but also they had like Michael Cole live at Access, and they like mm-hmm. debuted the Jack's Real Scan figures. I remember that. So go yep. ahead now. Go ahead. So I remember Scott and I just went crazy. We were like, "Oh my God, when are these coming out? How do we get them?" Like people were like, "That was the one thing people were honed in on was that Jack's Double Slam set." So we walked around, and I remember Undertaker having the longest line. He didn't wrestle on the show, but he was at the Fan Fest. And he had this line that went down. It was kind of, I don't want to say a warehouse, but it was a huge, con- and not even a convention. It was like a mixture. But anyways, the line just went down. And we're, we're like, well, we're not getting Undertaker's autograph. So Scott and I kind of wandered around. And we got in a line for Taz. We didn't have anything for Taz. But we were going to have them sign this blank, you know, those blank sheets of paper that they have that they can just sign and you can get yeah. a picture. Yeah. And then you you leave. So we're standing there and Scott and I are talking and all of a sudden Taz gets up and leave and you can hear people in the crowd just, oh, all of a sudden here comes Mick Foley and Mick Foley sits down. Everybody went crazy. And so <laughs> Scott and I were like, oh, well, that worked out great because we have Mick's 
books that we wanted we were hoping for him to sign so we didn't when everybody saw Mick Foley they came crashing in on that uh, on that line so luckily Scott and I were already close to the front so we could get Mick's autograph but I felt bad for the people that like scoured at the last minute to get in the line because I don't think they got him in that within that two-hour window so you got to meet Mick Foley basically for the cost of admission to access, which was probably what, like fifteen bucks at the time, something like that. Yeah, you have to, it's nuts. Yeah, uh, we we had a uh, one of my friends carry on. He was talking about uh, WrestleMania eighteen in Toronto. He goes, dude. He's he was like, I met Stone Cold, The Rock, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. He's like for like twenty bucks and got like their autographs. He's like, that's insane to think about now. Like looking back at that, that's nuts. Well, access is just on a whole different level right now. Access is just a different we, beast. Yeah, access. So for people who haven't been, it's not. It's not. It's not really a la carte. It's you pay your fee, and except for the premium guys, how whoever many people you get in your time frame, you can get during the cost, mm-hmm. which could be a good value, but. You have to love lines to enjoy access is what I always tell people. (laughs) You must love Disneyland lines because that's what you'll be standing in. Yeah. And it sucks because like you said, they will switch people out. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it works out in your favor. And sometimes you could be in line for someone. My example is we were in line for um, someone at WrestleMania 27. I forget who it was. But they switched her out, and it was Alicia Fox is who oh, we got switched no. with. No. I forgot who oh, – oh, man, who <laughs> was it? I think it was – it wasn't J.R. and Lawler. It was some legend, though, but it was someone I wanted to meet. It might have been like a, like Sergeant Slaughter and uh, someone like Ricky Steamboat or something like that. Something like that. It was someone big, mm-hmm. and they switched out to Alicia Fox, <laughs> who in fairness <laughs> – was very nice and very cool to us. And I actually tweeted a picture out during my uh, uh, the light side of wrestling tweet. I tweeted out like it's me and my buddy Alicia Fox, and she was a cool sport about it. And but you know that's a kick at the gut. <laughs> Did a lot of people leave the line? Oh yeah, <laughs> we were up there like <laughs> instantly. <laughs> so that was uh, so day of WrestleMania 27 in New- in Atlanta. We were there, and what one of the cool things about that was. The convention center is basically attached to the Georgia Dome. Mm-hmm. So we got to the WrestleMania parking lot, this whole group of us, I think there was like eight of us, at maybe one o'clock in the afternoon to tailgate just to hang out all day. Because it was a gorgeous day, I remember. And like we yep. just got out early. And we were walking up and we got my buddy who's in the military, he goes, you know, I get free tickets to access. We're like, really? He goes, yeah, military gets free to everything except for WrestleMania tickets. Whoa. So we went up there and he was like, I'll see if I can get us three tickets. So he went and got two, and he goes, they only gave me two. So he kind of like did like a lap around the other side of the building, went to the other ticket agent, and got the extra ticket. So Day of Mania is not necessarily that crowded, especially at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So that was kind of cool. And what's also cool about Day of Mania is you're mostly going to meet the legends because obviously they're current talents at the arena for the show. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of a tip I tell people like, Granted, Mania is a long day, but if you want a, a less stressed access, either it's going to be Thursday or Sunday. That's usually pretty much uh, Saturday and Friday are pretty nuts. Right, right. You know what's funny, dude, is when you were talking about being in Atlanta, I can't even count how many times our paths have probably crossed without ever knowing probably. each other. We Because we, we were in Atlanta, too. 
And mm-hmm. then you were at WrestleMania 32 in Dallas. We were as well. Yep. So it's funny to think how many times our paths probably crossed without ever knowing each other. It's one of those things that you kind of look back at. You're like, I wonder if there's a photo just out there, like us walking by each other at a concession stand or something like that. <laughs> or, or like even like just bumping in or like looking like giving like the what's like the nod or, you know, I'm sure I, I'm sure there was like a crossing of paths or something like that there at some had, point, you know. There had to have been. And and as we get back into shows next year and, and, and we're able to start getting people back, I'm sure we'll run into more people. And, and one of the things I was talking to my wife about, and she was like, do you think people are going to go back? I'm like, people are going to be so like ready to go. I mm-hmm. think it's going to be harder to get tickets to stuff um, because people are going to be wanting to go. Yes, there's going to be cautions and things like that. But I do think as we go forward, we'll be okay. And it's important to remember for all the doomsdayers out there that we've the world has been through things like this before. Mm-hmm. And it comes back. And it will come back and it takes time. And I know it seems like it's taking forever. And a lot of that's probably because the news is 24-7 now. Yep. Like, and it's not hyperbole. That's the truth. Like Twitter, like is every second something is up. Mm-hmm. So take a break sometimes. Enjoy what you can, and, and we'll be back, and people will be back, and wrestling will be back, and cons will be It'll all be back, and we'll all be bro-hugging it up at some point in the future. And, you know, I, if, we're, if if WrestleMania still happens in Los Angeles next year or wherever it's going to be, I'm pretty much going to be there now. And I wasn't planning on going, but since I missed this year, I mean, you got to go now. You yeah, got to go, assuming everything's go. okay. You have to go. I have to ask, Which I'm, what made you decide to go to the very first Fig Life meetup? I don't know. I mean, you guys. Uh, all right. So you and I and Scott met in line at outside the bullpen of uh, WrestleCon, just saying what's up to each other. Correct. And I was planning on going bef- before I talked to you guys. And I think what it was, was I just started the podcast and we were following each other on Twitter and we were talking. And I think you guys just, I just started listening to your show. And I think it was, the first show I really got into was your first interview with Marty um, from the Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling Show. That was like the first one that I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is kind of like leave me wanting more type of thing. Mm-hmm. And you really hit the nostalgia like buttons on me of the old Hasbro days and collecting and all that stuff. So what made me want to go was basically all the positivity that was always shown throughout the hash- the Fig Life hashtag. Mm-hmm. And it was never any negativity. It was people helping each other out. And I was like, you know what? This is going to be fun. And the other thing is, I'm like, it's at a bar. If it's lame, I can leave. It's not going to be awkward. Like, you're just like, oh, like kind of peek in and leave. Right. But the second we walked into the bar, you and Scott and Celeste and Shannon and everybody else was there. Like, it was like, hey, what's up? I'm, I'm so-and-so. Hey, awesome. Hey, hey, how's it going? And, you know, I almost feel bad for you when you're there because you can't just relax in the sense you've got to, like, play host and say hi to everybody. I know you want to like chill for a conversation for X amount of time, but you know how it goes. You end up chatting it up for like an hour with somebody and then you, mm-hmm. you don't get to talk to everybody. Yeah. So what made me want to go was just the positive vibes with it. And I hope in the future there's going to be a WrestleMania coming up where all the podcast buddies are there and we could all, we could all meet up and we could all do a, not like a live show, but like a, everyone could come out and we could talk and, rec- and record something from one of your Fig Life maps. I think that'd be amazing if you were there and we were there and Doing the Favor was there and Breaker and Bane was there and um, 
there's other, you know, there's a million other podcasts, but if, if we're all there, I think that'd be super awesome. And hopefully someday in the future that can happen. It'll only work if everybody's there too. So it's got to be something where everybody's there. Well, you came to me with that idea. You're like, hey, what if we did a uh, live show? And I started thinking about it. I'm like, okay, if we set up shop and did a live show, like at the Tampa Stadium Wing House, where we were supposed to have Fig Life Meetup 3 this year, I was like, mm-hmm. how would that work? Would people even be paying attention to us? And like, I started overthinking everything because when you think back to the old Howard Stern days, he would be in like a casino. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, he would go on location and he'd be, go to Vegas and he would be at a casino. All you hear is the background. And I was like, are they even paying attention to Howard? Or, you know, I started overthinking everything. And then I was like, this might work actually. <laughs> I was like, Steve, yeah. Steve might be onto something. And then it, it turned into uh, that we were going to interview Breaker and you mm-hmm. in a, a hotel room. And I was like, well, maybe that's the way we kind of need to go. But I started overthinking what you started presenting to me. And I'm like, wait, maybe I can make this work. So you, so, could, yeah, you, it, you could hear the it, brain moving. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's again, it, and like it was really just like a thought. I was like, this would be fun, and, and it wouldn't be. And again, who knows what will happen in the future and stuff. But it wouldn't be like podcasts on the stage. You guys sit in chairs and listen. It'd be interactive. Like I, I always thought would be like a fun, like interactive thing was we could do a game with Hova where it was like, is this person a Japanese baseball player or a New Japan wrestler? You give them the name, <laughs> and if he guesses right or wrong, and then we could give prizes. People guess points and stuff, and you know we could do trivia with Barry from doing the favor, and we could do with with uh, you guys be the fully posable main event. We could do uh, <laughs> a, a slanging it with with Jeff or something like that. So just just fun interactive stuff that's potential down the road, which I think. People would have a lot of fun. Maybe maybe blind taste tests with Soda Hunter. <laughs> Could he pick the soda out? Is this Dr. Pepper or Diet Dr. Pepper or something? You know? Oh my God, that would be hilarious. That would be great. You thought this all the way yeah, through. So, yeah. So stuff. Well, I I I think a lot. <laughs> I go on walks a lot and I go on runs a lot. So so stuff like that. So guys, if you're listening to this and it's something you would be interested in, let us know. And in the future, if we're at a, a WrestleMania for a Fig Life meetup or, or, or whatever meetup we're at. We can maybe do that in the future. So the, the, that's why these uh, big events, these wrestle, these wrestle cons, or any any conventions, because you've met up with people at other conventions before, right? That happen to be there. Oh yeah, big t- yeah, quite a few. Which is a cool cool thing about the not wrestling figure community, but community in general. Like you know, it's it, I I have wrestling figures, and today <laughs> you're gonna laugh at this. So last time I was at your house in October or November. Like you had a few figures out and I was just joking. I'm like, oh man, if you had kids, you couldn't have those figures out there because they would grab them. <laughs> and you asked me like, hey, do you ever get paranoid about your kids grabbing your stuff? And I said, not really because they kind of know. So today, uh, my daughter, my f- almost five-year-old's downstairs in the basement and she was watching Saved by the Bell because it's her new favorite show, by the way. She nice belly laughs at it, like loves it. <laughs> and it, 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 it's, 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 a wholesome fun show for her to watch except for this one last time which was zach did uh drunk driving I'm like whoa this might be a little too heavy for you to watch whoa <laughs> anyway yeah right so anyway uh i come down and i look i'm like i, I kind of glance over at my elite scale ring and i look i'm like what the hell all of the belts that are on guys are like taken off on the floor and i look i'm like 
I go, Penny, did you play with these? She goes, yeah. I go, are you supposed to? She goes, no. And I go, oh, what the hell? So I look, I'm like, nothing's broken or missing. I'm just like, oh, man. <laughs> and I told her, and my daughter knows, because my daughter has her own stuff to play with. And I go, look, I go, Penny, you can play with my stuff whenever you want. I just have to be here. Because uh-huh. nothing's really mint on card or anything like that, except for right. the stuff on the wall. I go, you can play with it. I'm like, I just have to be here. I don't want you to break something. She did break one thing I found. Uh-oh. So my Storm Collectibles Hogan, Hollywood Hogan, uh-huh. the rosary chain was snapped. <gasps> Luckily, I was able to super glue it back together, but <laughs> that one thing was broken. So I looked at her, I go, Penny, you broke this. And I thought she was about to start crying. I was like, it's okay, it's okay. But <laughs> next time, just wait till dad's here to play with his toys. <laughs> <laughs> How funny is it that you're telling your kids, don't break daddy's toys, <laughs> you know? And that's the thing too, it's just like, like I can't get too mad. Although I have, I have my Hasbro ring on the ground and my Hasbro's in it. And I had to lift up a few of the more valuable ones on the top shelf so my one-year-old can't grab them. So like my Doink the Clown and my like Jake the Snake <laughs> with Damien, I'm like, all right, I don't want those to go missing or like Doink's, hand, Doink's fingers to go missing or something. So we're going to go up there. Um, if you want to have your... Uh, uh, rockers the rockers are worth like 20 bucks you can play with those all you want i don't care <laughs> one thing i love is that you always ask to put the jake the snake roberts hasbro into the listener wing of the fig life need hall, it. a hall of fame and i it you know what i always put it up to a vote unfortunately it never wins but you are always the one like this one needs to go in every single year you're like jake roberts hasbro jake roberts well, hasbro he can <laughs> He can DDT. He can short arm clothesline. He's got Damien. He's got him. What else do you need, guys? Come on. Let's get him in there. <laughs> Have you seen his uh, shirt with his LJN figure on it? Yeah, but how the F am I supposed to DDT this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> terrific. That is absolutely terrific. If, so, if it didn't have the curse word on it, I would buy it in a second. That would be part of my 20% off uh, checkout. Yeah. But it's got the Speaking curse word of, on uh, it. Of LJNs, uh, one of my coworkers knows I like wrestling, and he texted me the other day. I think I tweeted it out. It was like, uh, "Doesn't this look like heaven?" It was just like a shelf of LJNs in the seven or in the eighties. It was kids born in the seventies, and I go, "Hey, I'm like, just so you know, I'm like, these things are worth big bucks." He goes, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Some of these black cards go for like a grand." He goes, "No way." So I sent him some completed eBay listings. He goes, "Oh my god, that's incredible!" <laughs> <laughs> so it's just nuts for like people that don't know how much some of this stuff is worth. Mm-hmm. And you guys have been talking about lately just the stupid prices on figures lately. Just stupid. Well, like I told Scott earlier tonight, and you'll hear it on this week's show, there are so many factors going into this eBay and Mercari and Facebook market over overpricing that's going on right now. There has never been this many eyes on wrestling figures before. I mean, we had the toys that made us. We've got three wrestling figure podcast going on we have five toy companies in that have their hands in the wrestling figure game i mean there's just so much going into it then you take people that are just finding stuff in their garage looking to sell it they type it up on ebay they see a buy it now that is let's say 90 bucks for a sting defining moment they're like, oh, well, I want 90 bucks for my sting defining moment. So they'll price it at 90 bucks. It's 
there's so much going on. And then you got the sellers sitting at home right now that don't have anything to do except scour eBay or Macari or go onto Facebook market. And then they start getting in the bidding wars. And it, there's just so much that goes into what is going on and what we're witnessing right now. We have never witnessed this before. And that's the amazing part is this is this is just pure chaos right now. <laughs> I was texting with someone the other day, Hove actually. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, because him and I text eBay listens to each other all the time, which is dangerous. And... <laughs> uh, and he, he goes, any eBay stuff lately? I go, I'm like, honestly, I'm starting to look at some of those original Jack's Bone Cruncher, like, packs, like, sets. Mm-hmm. Like, and I go, and the prices are stupid. Like, I'm not going to pay 90 bucks for a Buried Alive Jack's Bone Cruncher set right now. I'm just not. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, I'm like, I'll pay 30, I'll pay 30 bucks for it, but I'm not paying 90. So it's just stuff like that, you know, it's just crazy. And, you know, you know, as collectors, we're weird. We make up rules for ourselves. Like I was just like, well, maybe I'll buy the Jack sets that have the original block WWF logo. I won't buy the scratch logo one. So it's just like, and like weird rules. And then I thought about there's a listing right now for all four of the original signature series set. Mm-hmm. And it's 70 bucks. I'm like, that's too much money. I'm like, that's still too much damn money for it. It's it, mint on car, but still it's, it's, you know, ins- it's just, it's insane. Crazy. It's absolutely crazy. We have never seen this before. And it got to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm going to just kind of look over starting lineups. I may jump into starting lineups. Well, as you saw tonight, I made a purchase. So I'm kind of scaling back on what, I'm buying now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need starting yeah. lineups. I I really don't. So I'm gonna just kind of scale back a little bit. Um, may pick up a random thing here or there if it's at a good price. But for right now, I think I'm uh I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I uh, went to Walmart today to grab something, and I did actually find the WWF or WWE ice cream sandwich bars. So I got those finally. Uh, but their toy aisle was pretty full like the toys were pretty full except for the wrestling figures they only had a handful of basics <laughs> so it just my walmart always sucks for that anyway but it's i don't know if that's just because people are still going out like hey i can make a few bucks if i go grab some elites right now mm-hmm. and, and and throw them up on ebay um it just it's just crazy and it stinks too because there's people there's collectors that want them there's just like kids like maybe my daughter wants a peyton royce figure and she can't get one right now because mm-hmm. they're they're just scalping prices and or like a even like a Becky Lynch or something like that. It's nuts and I don't know. It it's what it is right now. It's like you said, a million different factors. I also think there's the fear of missing out. People are getting, which uh, I've also felt victim to sometimes. Like I better buy it because I might miss it out later. It yeah, just, it stinks. But it's the hyst- it's, it it's it's the Mattel hysteria that's going on right now. Mattel's kind of created this beast of the hysteria side of collecting, like. Oh crap, you know, I'm not if I go to Walmart and I see this Lince Dorado and I really want this Lince Dorado, there's a good chance I'm never going to see this Lince Dorado again. So I'm going to pick it up. And kudos to them, they're making money off of it, but I mean it's that hysteria because it's not 1999 or 2000 anymore where you would go to KB Toys and 3 quarters of an aisle would be devoted to wrestling figures. It's not like that mm-hmm. anymore. It's basically you've got one little section at Walmart or Target and you got to go. 
This is true. And I'm looking at my stuff now, and I actually sold a handful of loose ones a couple months ago just because I had doubles of guys and all that. And I was, and they're loose. I was shocked at how fast they went. Like I put it up within 15 minutes, they were all gone. And mm-hmm. like paid for gone too. Not just like I'm interested. They were paid for. Mm-hmm. So it's a good time to be a seller. It's uh, not so good to be a buyer yes. right now. Yes. Uh, so keep your eye, keep your eyes open for stuff if you're if you're a seller and if you're a buyer, I was maybe a, be patient. I was telling Scott <laughs> that wrestling toy tracker, the guy over there, uh, yep. he needs to change it to where he takes the average value every three months. He needs to change that to every month just because of how crazy and. How, what's going on right now it'd be interesting to see how inflated the prices get compared to what it was the last time he got uh he got some data or whatever it is that he uses because it was just it'd be really interesting to see the monthly incline of these figures right now well yeah you've seen like the hasbro one two three kids going through the roof right now like yes. almost almost up to a thousand dollars for a carded one two three kid, mm-hmm. and there's the junkyard dog a, uh, retro, which is going for like a hundred bucks right now. Yes, which was at five below, you know, last four or five months ago. You found it, and it, it's just yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, he's open. Uh, I I actually didn't buy him. I didn't buy him because the card was so jacked up, and I was like, eh, it looks like he scratched. I didn't buy him. I'm like, I should have just bought the junkyard dog. <laughs> that that whole series was there. Mm-hmm. And right now, the current series at five below is the series three, the series that'll never die with uh, Seth Rollins and D- Dean Ambrose and AJ <laughs> Styles. The series that'll never die. Those are that, five below now. That outlasts some Target employees. I'm sure it did. It outlasted uh, Tito Santana. <laughs> the, very the true. Famous Target Tito. The famous Target Tito. All right. So, uh, any other con stories or anything maybe let's 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 do this let's let's wrap it up with some advice for people we we're going to cons uh i'd say one piece of advice i would have for people is have a plan but be realistic about your plan so if you're going to access don't think you're going to meet roman reigns becky lynch seth rollins and all these people in like one shot Mm -hmm. be realistic about it for wrestlecon I would say for the big guys, like let's say you have a Bret Hart and a Ric Flair, I would get there very early, line up for one of them, then go do all your other guys, like your miscellaneous guys, your mid-tier guys, Mm -hmm. and then when you're done, as long as Ric Flair still has line, hop into it, because he'll stay there as long as people are in line. Like they'll do a cutoff at some point for whatever time he's there. So I would stagger out your two big, big big meet and greets, I'd say. Very sound advice. That's actually really, really good. Um, when you guys get up to the wrestlers, if you want to engage into a conversation with them, have something obscure to ask them. I and I mentioned this earlier, because if you want them to interact with you, they hear the same thing every single time. The, you know, they, uh, let's say Bret Hart. Hey, can you talk about your match at WrestleMania 10 with Owen? How many times has he answered that? Probably quite, yeah. a, probably quite a few. And Brett's like, oh, yeah, a great match. You know, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. have something obscure. Talk about his art. Talk about his love of football or talk talk about hockey or talk, something obscure. Like I was talking to CM Punk about Sega Genesis NHL 93. I mean, who does that? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. 
NHL 93, 94, one of the two. Anyways, I was talking to, I was talking to him about that. I was talking to him about video games. Uh, I once told Savio Vega a story about when he was at the San Jose arena at a house show against headbanger Mosh. And he started chanting, you effed up at Mosh. And the crowd started chanting with him. And Savio loved it because he probably didn't remember that. But he, once you start telling the story to him, it's like all coming back to him. So, uh, but yeah. so, something obscure, that's what really engages the guys. Uh, if you are an autographed hound like Scott and myself, have your paint pens ready. Well, actually, before I would say, have your paint pens ready to go, test them out, make sure they're ready to go. Uh, paint pen down in front of them, ask your question. See if you get them to engage, get the figure signed, get to your next person that you do need to get an autograph. Like Steve said, maybe a mid-tier guy that you can just mark off your list and then get to another person. So that was a, that would be another sound advice for the, for the autographed hounds. With the paint pens, since you're the master of paint pens, um, you test them sometimes what like those uh baseball card like sleeve cases basically right yeah top figures top loaders you can yeah so you can go to amazon to avoid paint yeah to avoid paint pens exploding you want to prep them first yes very much so i've had that happen one time where trish stratus went to sign on something and she just she's like hold on i'm gonna test this i was all it's already been tested she pushes down on a notepad and it just leaks green all over her. And I'm like, I am so embarrassed right now. Like, felt like the biggest <laughs> tool in line. I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely have your paint pens prepped, as well as multiple colors as well. Yes, yes. Uh, Posca, Medium Point. Those are the ones I'm recommending to everybody. Those are my favorite. Posca Medium Point. You can find them on Amazon. They've actually jacked the prices up on those because I guess I've recommended them so much that <laughs> that on Amazon they were previously you could get like a bundle of ooh was it sixteen colors, twelve colors. Anyways, you get a variety of colors and used to be able to get those for twenty six ninety nine deal screaming deal. I went on mm-hmm. there to check just recently. They're up to like forty two ninety nine. I was like, holy crap, what the hell happened to these things? <laughs> That's crazy. Everything's going up. Yeah, except starting lineups. So if you guys are in the starting lineup. <laughs> <laughs> Some guys hoard them in his basement just waiting. Oh, waiting yeah. for the thing to go. Chicago, the, Bull, the Chicago, paint- Chicago Bulls stuff is going up, I'll tell you. Oh, my God. So uh, there was a couple things. Obviously, the last dance everyone watched, which was amazing, and the 97 championship season was my favorite season just because of where I was as a kid and all that. And I had the championship hat and I looked it up. I'm like, I wonder, like, let me see if they have one online, like the 97 bulls locker room hat. And I'm sure enough they did and on eBay and I bid like 36 bucks. I'm like, I'll keep an eye on this later. And like, I kind of looked at the end and ended up selling for like $122. I'm like, Oh my God, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I thought everyone was broke right now. Apparently not. <laughs> what? That's the same thing I'm thinking is like, what is going on? I thought, you know, I I thought we were about to hit a recession, blah, 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 blah. And wrestling figures and Chicago Bull stuff t- says otherwise. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The, uh, the other thing I'd say, too, with the paint pens is don't always be in love with the paint pen for figures. A hundred percent. Like if you're using a Sharpie on a figure, you're wasting your time 
Like right. it's going to fade away. It's not going to pop, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I've had items that I've had signed, particularly so I had the Jesse Ventura sign the wrestling album, which is a cardboard flat um, vinyl album. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing a pink coat. And I go to his handler and he go, I go, what do you think you should sign this? And he goes, he goes, honestly, he goes, I would take this blue Sharpie. It's going to look awesome and it's not going to run. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. And he did. And it look, and it's frame looks fantastic. And because that's a flat and that's paper. Mm-hmm. So that's different from the plastic paint pen type of thing, because sometimes paint pens, especially on flats, if they don't dry, they will definitely smudge. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing too, is definitely let your stuff dry before you, you move along. Very well said. That's a hundred percent true. Ta- leave it out for I don't longer know. than you think. You need yeah. to. I'd and, say and keep blowing on it. Keep you know, keep doing that. Whatever you got to do, just keep doing that. Uh huh. For sure. And another thing is, uh, uh, if you have like a dark surface type of thing, they make fabric paint pens for dark surfaces. Mm-hmm. So I've I bought those before, and they definitely pop on stuff. If you have like a T-shirt you want signed or a hat. Or something like that. Uh, they they definitely pop off of that. So look for it's your local craft store fabric paint pens for specifically dark surfaces because they do pop off of that as well. That's something I found works out pretty well. That's cool. That's a great. That's a great call. I would. I I've thought about getting some shirts signed, but like I'm out of space to display stuff. You know, and that's also another expense to get those framed too. Yeah. Figures are done. They're good to go. <laughs> are you done? Are you done with all those? I don't know. Um, me and some wrestling, other wrestling ones I have talk all the time, and I'm like, I want a couple more things, and I'm done. But then I'm like, there's always something that comes out. Like, oh, it'd be cool to do this. It'd be cool to get that. And, you know, today I was joking, like, I'm bored at, at times like everybody else is. And I'm looking on YouTube at people doing reviews of WWE shop belts. And uh-huh. that new Brahma Bull rock belt, Mm-hmm. is like phenomenal the detail on it but it's 500 bucks they don't have 500 bucks to drop on a belt right now so <laughs> it's just like you make up rules for yourself and 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 you never know where you'll end up and i think you've got you had to have gotten everyone you wanted right now as far as legends or something like that there can't be any holy grails left for you you've had to have met everybody i think i've met basically everybody that i can meet um i wish i could meet piper over again um his well, i mean people that are alive jeff come on <laughs> oh oh well yeah that's true <laughs> um yeah i think i've met basically everybody and now i'm going back and getting other stuff signed so like when i do see demolition again in fact i was supposed to see him in tampa this past year i was gonna get i was gonna wipe off the autograph that i originally had on the jack's classic two pack mm-hmm. and i was gonna get it re-signed in a paint pen because the blue is starting to fade on top of that I was also going to get card cases signed so Axe and Smash could sign these card cases so I could display their Hasbros. So now I'm starting to go back and, like, I was going to drop so much money in Tampa just because of these dumb little card cases. (laughs) Sure. But they make me happy, man. I I love looking at the ones that I do have right now that, for an autographed hand, this is highly recommended, these card cases, just to display them out and about like like this. Are you able to stack them? Do they hold up on stacking? They do hold up stacking. That's awesome. That's that's like a pyramid of Hasbro. I could imagine once you're all done, how sweet that'll look. Like mm-hmm. with everyone that's still he still with us. Like 
getting all those signs stacked up. I think that'll look fantastic once it's all done. I think it'll look super, super cool. You know what's funny, man, is I don't take the Hasbro with me. So mm-hmm. I get well, why the, would you? <laughs> right. So I get the card case signed and I get so excited to put the Hasbro in it. Like I'm just like Oh, I I can't wait. I can't wait to see what this looks like with Ted DiBiase in it or Razor in it or Brett, whatever it may be. I get so excited. I'm like, oh, now I got to wait two days because I still have to fly home wherever I am, whether I'm in Chicago, Las Vegas, Tampa, New York, wherever I was. (laughs) Wherever you're going, when you find back with stuff, I guess this is another thing to kind of leave off. Obviously, the ideal thing is you're able to drive to somewhere that Mm -hmm in your area you don't have to pack stuff with you you're bringing mm-hmm. what do you do for some of these figures you have you know which are pretty valuable sometimes in their packaging how are you packing these to make sure they're not damaged so i may or may not grab some bubble wrap from work allegedly mm-hmm. i might do that sure <laughs> I mean, we're not talking about we're not here to discuss things that happen at work we're not here to discuss that <laughs> so we have this bubble wrap that we have to place our tendons in because yes i work in a uh, medical field where we keep cadaver tendons and so what we do is we have to use this bubble wrap that we place the tendons inside to protect from the dry ice so what i do is or what i realized is is that the elites fit inside this bubble wrap so what i'll do Mm -hmm. is i'll take some of the bubble wrap and i'll drop the elites inside it place it inside the suitcase that I take with me because I'm taking suitcases of figures and I'll lay it out so none of the cards get bent and the bubble and everything is protected by the bubble wrap itself. So it's basically come down to a scientific kind of uh, Tetris type thing inside the suitcase. Well, has there ever been, uh, I mean, I don't know, I'm super neurotic with stuff like that, so I'd be nervous the entire flight, like, oh, you better not be messing with my figures or my, the collectible stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, they all can't fit on the carry-on. Right, like, I don't want TSA going through that, because when they open it up, figures are going to fall out, and they're not going to restack it right, right? So, no, no, they're definitely not. So, yeah, that that does cross my mind during the flight, but usually I'm watching something on Netflix to kind of get my mind off of it. But when I stop okay. watching something on Netflix, I'm like, ah, oh, crap, are the figures okay? <laughs> You're like looking out the window with like the people like handling the luggage. You're like, I see my suitcase. <laughs> like, I, I remember what this isn't related to like cons or whatever, but at one time my wife and I were going, I forget where we were going. We were on a flight. We might have been to, might have been to DC for a wedding. And our luggage is like lime green. So it sticks out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking out the window and I see them bringing the luggage and our luggage, I saw it fall off. I'm like, oh no. So I'm thinking like, it was like, what, whatever that uh, Twilight Zone episode is where the guy's in the, on, the, <laughs> on the wing, I'm like knocking on the window thinking like, well, he's, of course he's not going to hear me. I'm like, I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, that's our luggage. I'm like, we're going to go to DC, not have anything to wear for a week, blah, blah, blah. Luckily, like the guy came like walking back, picked it up and threw it back on there. I'm like, oh, thank God. I'm just like, I could imagine if that happened to you. Like, oh my God, there's thousands of dollars over the figures in there. <laughs> They're all autographed now. Oh my God. Oh my God. The way back is even more stressful, I'm sure. Oh, it is. It is. Don't even get me started on that one. But yeah, I know that feeling, man. Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> Steve, I love you, man. That's something I could see you doing too. <laughs> <laughs> Being neurotic. Well, Jeff, 
thanks for coming on this random uh what's today it's friday now friday thanks for coming on hanging out and talking wrestling cons and collecting and figures and stuff hope no, everyone enjoyed listening no problem man oh, guys, by the way it's it's only friday in your area i'm still hovering around that 11 13 mark <laughs> Well, I'm sorry I kept you up. So, uh, based on the text I get from you, I'm sure you're up earlier than I am. So, <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> Forget what time you texted me today, but like today, my wife and uh, kids left early in the morning to drive somewhere. So I slept in for like an extra half an hour or whatever. And I got a text from you saying, Hey, what are you going to do with your tweets? I'm like, God damn it, Jeff, try to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's why you always leave your phone on silent, man. I'm, I'm too paranoid to do that. If there's an emergency with a family member or something in the middle of the night, like that's like my nightmare that like I wake up to 27 missed calls. <laughs> oh, uh, see, that's the thing is everybody knows I'm a heavy sleeper. So they call Celeste. <laughs> so you've got a backup. That's not fair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Follow Jeff on Twitter at fully Posable. Uh Follow the fully Posable wrestling figure podcast, as well as your other podcast, which is what the go ahead with it. I'm sorry. Again, I forgot the name of it. Podcast buddies? Yeah. No, no, you have your Lucha Door pod, Lucha Door oh, thing you're doing. I'm sorry, luchacentral.com, where there is a yeah. slew of podcasts going on over there, mainly Lucha Door and other yep. other stuff. But the one that myself and Eric are running on are the, the Lucha Figures and Facts. Yeah, so check that out as well. And also, Scott does the Drunk Wrestling History Show, <laughs> which yep. comes every once in a while. And all of our favorite podcast buddies, which you shout out every week, doing the favor, Breaker and Bane, um, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, the Revenge Point Podcast, Ringside Podcast, Laps Fed Podcast, and everybody else out there. Uh, the Raw's Nitro Podcast. There's so many, and I always forget. I feel bad that I forget people from time to time, but we need a I network. hope everyone listens to everybody. <laughs> we need a network. We do, but... I'm too lazy to start one. So if anyone wants to start one out there, let us know. We the doing the favor guys set up a whole site and all that. So I know they're kicking great. ass over there doing yeah, that. They're doing great work but, over there, for sure. So, Jeff, yes, thank you for coming on. This was a lot of fun, and now maybe I can finally go to sleep. <laughs> Get to bed, man. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. By the way, this is gonna be it. This is the wrap of the show. I'm not editing anything else into this. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> thank you. 